Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Secret Golf. Hi, it's the Secret Golf Podcast, the week of the final PGA Tour event before the FedEx Cup playoffs start. I'm Diane. Well, it, I can't believe that the playoff events kick off next week with the Northern Trust at Liberty National. But before that big week this week, the Wyndham Championship in Greensboro, North Carolina. And well, big because there's a lot of guys that are going to be looking to get into that top 125 including quite a few from the Secret Golf team. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Last week, it was the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational in Memphis. And the secondary event was the Barracuda Championship in Reno. Now, great for Secret Golf for two reasons. First of all, Mark Leishman finishing solo third at the WGC and moving up to 11th in the FedEx Cup standings, which is incredible. I mean, he's had a great year. And Bron Johnson Burgoon getting solo fifth at the Barracuda Championship. And well, after the season he's had, which he'll talk about soon, but really good just to see a bit of momentum in his game. Now, Steve Elkington's going to be here a little bit later, and we're really going to dive deep in the numbers, which is not my strong point, but he's so good with that. So we're going to look at the FedEx Cup standings, the 125, the people that are round about there and what they need to do to really get up there to be part of the playoffs. But first of all, it's been a couple of months since we had Bronson on and well, perfect timing to do it now. Congratulations on the FedEx in Reno. Thank you. Thank you. I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, um, you were fifth solo and yep. it was the PGA Tour's only um, Stableford event that they do in the season. So, I mean, it worked for you. Do you like that format? Yeah, I think it's fun. I, I mean, I like stroke play a little bit more, but um, every now and again, it's fun to switch up like match play. I love match play events. Um, and it's just a, Another alternative to stroke play, so I think it's good for the tour. Yeah, so let's talk about last week then. What was going right for you? Like, what was the kind of, like, I guess, magic spark for the week? Uh, there really wasn't much, to be honest with you. I, I started playing good about five weeks ago. I haven't got much out of it. I've been finishing kind of in the middle of the pack each week. Um, but it's definitely trending upward. I feel a little bit more confident in the things I've been doing. And uh, so... Yeah, I, I just I played really solid, honestly. I mm -hmm. uh, just did a lot of fairways, did a lot of greens. Um, and uh, last day, obviously, I made nine birdies, which helps. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I just I started hitting them pretty close. You know, I had a few just happens from fairways, so it's always a big help. Yeah, that definitely does help. How would you sum up the season so far? Frustrating. <laughs> um, <laughs> I... Uh, you know, I after Malaysia, I, I thought I needed to make changes. 
you know, so I could win. I came second, and I was like, all right, let's get a little bit better. And I started making changes, and I got a lot worse really fast. And then I got hurt, and, um, you know, the rehab took a little bit of time and just getting comfortable again. And I kind of went back to the basics, so uh, I kind of got fed up. I started disliking golf a lot, just mm-hmm. working on things that I've never done before and um, didn't really feel like it was me. Um, so feel much better about things now, but so far this year has kind of been a blur and, um, has been a strange year as far as golf goes. So Malaysia was last October. And as you say, you mm-hmm. finished T2. So after having such a good finish, why did you feel that you had to maybe make some changes at that point? You know, I don't know. I've been <laughs> wondering that myself. I, you know, obviously it was out of like, um, the right motivation to get better. Mm -hmm. Um, but the execution was so backwards. Um, you know, I should just kept going down the path I was going down and, you know, I was had a couple of T2 finishes and, you know, six or seven tournament span for the, you know, a couple other good finishes. So there was really no reason for me to be changing. Um, you know, I just want, as everybody does want to get better. And, uh, I, I'm just, yeah, it is what it is, a learning lesson. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest with you. Is it kind of that feeling that after having a few second-place finishes that you feel that you're so close that there's that, that final thing you have to do to get over the hurdle when it's really exactly you just have to play your game? Yeah. No, it, it, exactly. And you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it was. You know, I was getting close. And instead of just continuing down that path, I was like, well, maybe if I just do this, mm-hmm. you know, I'll start winning. And by doing that, I started getting worse. And then I was like, well, I need to do this now. And then it just became kind of this, yeah. um, kind of spiraling downhill. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to actually ask you what kind of changes you made at that point, but I don't even want to talk about it because I'm so into like the mental game is so important right now. I mean, I only see it from an outsider perspective, so I can't even imagine how it is for you. But you have to be so positive and it has to be a case of, not only making physical changes, but mental changes too, and overcoming those kind of like hardships that you have. Yeah, no, and it's definitely a grind and um, it's amazing. You know, I played, I don't know how many tournaments, three or four in a row or four in a row. And when you're playing bad and you're grinding it out Mm -hmm. to shoot one under par, even par, it wears you out. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's amazing. Um, You know, and that's where you just kind of got to, keep treading water and um you know that's all I've been trying to do this whole year to be honest with you yeah and I was talking to Russell about it and he would say as well that this season has been frustrating for him and he's definitely not where he would hope he would be but it's that thing that if he misses a cut like I'll always text him to say play well before a round but when he misses a cut, it's all—it's almost like, what do you say? Like, when you're grinding it so hard, especially if you're missing cuts by, like, one or two shots, like, what can yeah. you say after that? Because there's nothing you can say that's going to make them feel any better. Like, it's its all on it, you, I guess. There, there's literally nothing you mm-hmm. can say. Yeah, and that, that was kind of my year. I missed, I would say, close to, I don't know, close to 10 uh, cuts by a stroke, mm-hmm. uh, maybe two strokes. I, it was like every week I felt like I was missing a stroke by one or two. Yeah. And, uh, that just wears you out. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I'd rather just be missing the cut by 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you can kind of just laugh about it, but when you start missing the cuts and you get in the rhythm of just missing the cuts by one or two, it's it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, as you say, back to basics. So in your head, when you're trying to like get yourself mentally and your game back to basics, what do you do? You know, I, I, um, honestly, I called people in my life that, you know, have been around me for a long time and I just started talking to them kind of where I was at and what was going on. And they kind of shed some light Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, basically it and then listen to what they had to say and then kind of put the pieces together myself and um my coach and I did some really good work I took a couple weeks off and um yeah is <laughs> that's kind of for me that's how it happened but you know a lot of people know the blueprint of their golf swing yeah. their golf game so you kind of just go back to the basics are you like a visual guy do you watch old videos of your swing or anything like that I am visual, but I now, um, as far as my golf swing goes, that was my problem. I started getting too caught up in the mechanics of my in golf the swing, swing and, yeah. I, and I can't play like that. I'm yeah. not. I have to play athletically, and um, some guys are great watching their video, and they can watch it before they go play a round, a competitive round of golf, and, and it works for them. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I, I can't. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, I have to go off field. I don't know what it looks like or care what it really yeah, looks like. As well, long as yeah. I get the ball flight I want. And this is exciting for you this week because after having that fifth place finish, I mean, again, I'm going back to like the mental motivation that you have. You've got to enjoy golf more. So after having a great finish, you have to think, oh my gosh, that was fun. Like, I want to get out there and do it again. And I'm just going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun being in the mix. You know, I finally had the juices flowing a little bit um, come Sunday afternoon. and um, Yeah, that's, you have to enjoy it. And, and I think trying to do things that, you know, you're not accustomed to or ever done before, I, it's not enjoyable. I mean, it's just not. And uh, we all make changes, but I, I, I think I went to a weird unhealthy level with it (laughs) (laughs) well at least you see it now and uh, I mean I asked you how your season was going so far it's kind of like it's the Wyndham Championship which is the last I guess official PGA Tour event before the FedEx Cup playoffs start next week Mm -hmm. and you're at 1-3-3 right now so top 1-2-5 play the Northern Trust so this week is a bit of an interesting week for you do you set yourself a target or do you just want to go out there and play freely no, I'm going to just go do whatever I'm going to do. I, I don't, you know, for me, I'm in a little bit better situation than some of the other guys um, where I have tournaments next year because my medical. So, mm-hmm. you know, backup plan, uh, worst case scenario, I'll still get starts next year uh, to get the points I need. But, you know, for me, it's just the process of getting back and, um, you know, just keep, keep trekking along and see what happens. The cards are going to fall where they want and, you know, all I can do is just keep doing what I've been doing. Exactly. So, uh, well, let's talk about all the good stuff because that's always the best stuff to talk about. But coming Absolutely. from the Barracuda Championship into the Wyndham Championship this week, what are you really feeling good about? What's the strength of the game right now? You know, I, I'm i hitting it really well. Um, my iron play's gotten just a truckload better. Um than it has. I was missing greens from the middle of the fairway and, um, you know, I'm finally starting to dial in and get in the shot shape I want. So pretty excited about the way I'm starting to hit my irons and also tee hitting it pretty good. And yeah. it, I mean, 
game's starting around in the form, so. Um, but with that, you can't be putting too much pressure on yourself because I yeah. feel like sometimes when you start playing good, you're like you start setting expectations for yourself. And um, but yeah, I'm, I've been pretty excited for the last six weeks, really, where my game is. It's just mm-hmm. I wasn't getting any results. I felt like I was finishing anywhere from 30th to 40th each week um, with the opportunity to have good tournaments, but uh, just really wasn't doing it. But I was still pretty excited. So mm-hmm. kind of in the same same mode honestly just keep going and uh last week obviously it was a better finish um but it wasn't any different than the weeks prior yeah okay good i'm excited for you uh the family with you this week in greensboro yeah yeah they're they're here and uh i uh, met them in charlotte and we drove in on monday and okay. uh you know it's always fun having them out they, they didn't come to reno just because it's tough to get out to reno for whatever reason from houston and uh, our little one doesn't oh. doesn't. I mean, obviously, seven months old. So having connections and just it's tough. So direct mm-hmm. flights are uh, much easier. Yes, exactly. Well, we spoke about this at the players earlier in the year. That that was a whole new adjustment, <laughs> to say the least, that you guys had to get used to because traveling with a baby, you had to get into that way of life pretty quickly. And has it got easier? Yeah, I, I think um, traveling, obviously, with Beck and um, Katie's always traveled with me, but um, having him on the road, I think that was part of the reason why I was playing. I mean, it's just an adjustment. It's just yeah. different. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I love it, but it's different, and mm-hmm. it's tougher than being able to do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. Um, so there is definitely an adjustment period. Um <laughs> But I think we're finally starting to get the hang of it. Uh, our baby boy loves the daycare they provide out here on tour. So when we go play, or even if it's just for an hour or two, where my wife can kind of get away and um, go do whatever, uh, yeah. you know, it's really helped out. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's a lot of fun. That's amazing. Love to hear that. Well, I'll let you go because I know that you've got afternoon practice that you're doing at the course today and good luck for this week. Everything seems to be kind of, as you say, moving in the right direction and the momentum from last week. Hopefully it's going to continue and you'll get a good finish this week at the Wyndham. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate it, Diane. Good talking to you as always. So Bronson there, by his own admission, this season has been very frustrating for many reasons after starting with that second place finish and then changing things up. And looking back on it now, you can tell he thinks like, what was I doing? And has gone back to basics and is starting to see the results and improvements in his game. But going into the mental mindset, it was amazing to hear that. And I'm really grateful that he kind of delved so deep into what's really been going on in his head. So we have to talk about the WGC in Memphis. And well, as I said, we're going to really get into the FedEx Cup standings. But Elk, Kepka wins again. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I know all the players were, you know, had a long trip back from from uh, Ireland back to a hot place in Memphis. But, you know, the golf was really good last week. I actually sat down and watched the final nine holes uh, because Leishman was uh, made a run on the weekend and got up there and I think finished third or fourth. So, you know, it was interesting to see Kepka, you know, do what he did um, on Sunday. He sort of came to the golf course one shot behind Rory, but, you know, everyone seemed to the TV. Everybody all, all, all thought that 
what, is this going to be a Rory runaway or is this going to be a Kepka runaway? I think um, we, when it comes to Rory, there's this stigma surrounding him and the fact that when it comes to actually closing the deal, apart from at the Players' Championship earlier this year, we've seen him every other time that he's been up there on the final day just kind of fall to bits. And there was no exception on Sunday. It's hard when, I guess, you've got someone like Brooks Kepka there and you talk about him arriving at the course. There's been a lot made of the fact that he only turned up 45 minutes before his tea time on Sunday. Is that just kind of like fake news? Oh, no doubt. I think it's smart because, you know, I, I tweeted last night that I didn't think it was a big deal. In fact, I, I arrived 15 minutes before I played the last round of the 1997 uh, Players' Championship that I won by seven strokes. Um, you know, it's just, when you get to the course with a limited amount of time, it squeezes your schedule down to almost zero. So you don't have to sit there and talk to the media. You don't have to go in the locker room and hang out with any players. You don't have to think about much. So I, I squeezed it down to the maximum amount and was 15 minutes. So I went literally put my shoes on in the parking lot, went to the driving range and started hitting a few shots and went to the tee. I think he's figured that out. He doesn't want to talk to the press. He doesn't even want to kiss his girlfriend before he goes to, to the golf, <laughs> Diane. It's funny because with Brooks Kepka right now, and he's been doing it for a while, he kind of gives out the impression that he doesn't really care that much. We know that's not the case because, of course, he does. He's going out. He wants to win these trophies and take home the paychecks, of course. But he does care. And I think that, like, he's giving out that impression to almost trick people a bit because mentally his game is better than anyone else's. He is right now playing the biggest game of psychological warfare that you could possibly ever imagine. And what I mean by that, Diane, he's going into the press room maybe a month ago or maybe at the uh, two months ago and saying that there's only about five guys that he has to beat to win a major. Mm -hmm. Then he was able to back that up. Last week, after he finished in Memphis, he had a quote that said, I'm sure you didn't see an ounce of stress on my face, end quote. Sees all the panic all around him. Everybody is stressing. Now, what that means is he only saw a couple of guys. Basically, he just told everybody that they're all freaked out that he's coming onto the stage and everybody's stressed around. That was a, that was a direct slam on Rory and everyone else. He's coming to the golf course on Sunday, Diane, behind. And he yeah. just dropped that quote after it was over. He says, all I see is panic. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I know. It's, um, it, he's got this, it, it's an air of confidence. He's got every right to be confident. Um, some people say that it comes across as being slightly arrogant. But as you say, it's, he's playing that mental game. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he focuses on what he's doing and he's going to let everyone else fall away around him. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's certainly playing the best golf. He certainly had stress on his face when he made three bogeys in a row at the PGA. So we know, mm -hmm. he, we know he doesn't play stress-free. I think this particular quote uh, was meant to land everywhere. And, um, and he did. almost calling out his tour, tour buddies by saying, or tour friends or tour competitors by saying, look, I know that you're all afraid of me and I'm just going to tell you you are. Now, Tiger Woods used to do it, but he didn't mm -hmm. have to say it. When he arrived on the tee, there was 20,000 people or 10,000 people were waiting for him. And there was an, an, a whole air of mystique and a whole different attitude that came with it. Brooks is just saying it out in the open.
the other thing for Brooks Kepka, I mean, it was a pretty hefty payday on Sunday for him because obviously there was the the winning money, $1.745 million. So that was very lovely to win the WGC. Then he won the Aeon Risk Reward, this thing that's been going for the whole season where they take like the toughest hole for a tournament and the lowest aggregate score and all those holes for the season. He got an extra one million for that. And then he won this Wyndham Rewards that the tour was doing season long. So that was the top 10 from the FedEx Cup list. Whoever was at the top got an extra two million. So on Sunday, Kepka took home four point seven four five million dollars. <laughs> and told everybody that they were scared of him. Oh. You know, the interesting thing about uh the Wyndham uh award, uh, Diane, is that so this week is the Wyndham, which is the final event of the tour season. This is the, and we will talk about how our players will stack up for the uh for the you know, the FedEx Cup, but Basically, the t- Wyndham did a, a deal with the tour where they would have a, a separate, uh, if you will, a separate pool running or a separate prize money winning, uh, running alongside the FedEx Cup and the top mm-hmm. 10 of those guys completed at the WGC would, would get that money. Two, two million for first, as you said, and 500 grand for last place. <laughs> however, wow. however, Diane, wouldn't you, if you're a Wyndham and you're putting up about $5 million, wouldn't you ask the players to come play their event yes. this week yeah. to collect that money and have a nice ceremony where they actually delivered checks? Maybe put a barrel of cash on the last screen and maybe do a TV deal and give them the money. I mean, yeah. are you, can you imagine the tour not making the players go to Wyndham it's to collect that- the money? Bad move by the tour, bad move by Wyndham. Nobody wins on that deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diane, I'd be just happy with some Wyndham points so we could upgrade <laughs> the room when you go and stay at the Wyndham. That'd be okay. Exactly. That would be great. Listen, I'm sure Kepka's got all of his point upgrades now. <laughs> He's got everything else, so why not he, have that he'd too? He'd probably buy a couple of Wyndham, Gosh. that is. Anyway, as we were saying, so it is the Wyndham Championship. And then next week, it's the first of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Only three this year compared to the normal four. So... The way it works, and I'm going to get you to explain this because you know it way better than me, but the top 125 after the Wyndham will be in the first event, which is the Northern Trust at Liberty National. Then it goes to the top 70 and then the top 30. So this week in Greensboro is a really big week for a lot of guys, especially a lot of our secret golf guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, it used to be, Diane, of course, you know, the wind and we talk about it is, is played in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is one of the most beloved tourist stop, tour stops of all time. In fact, I won the, not to talk about me, but I won the 1990 was my first ever tour win was in Greensboro. What a great memory that was. Wow. But of course, you have to accumulate points all year long in this FedEx Cup. Money doesn't matter, even though it, it's the only thing that matters. Even uh, we're counting points. And if you make it into the top 125, not only will you get to play the next week, which is the first FedEx Cup playoff event, but you'll be all exempt for the 2020 uh, PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Now, if you find yourself after Greensboro, this is, outside of the 125 and in between the 150, then you will be have condition status where you will fill the field when 125 guys don't commit. Outside of the 150 is no man's land. That's probably back to the web finals playoffs. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's crazy how, and it, we always say this, that that line is so fine. 
But we, I always think about uh, Martin Piller, who finished 126 on the FedEx Cup standings last year. And really, you think about your whole season and it comes down to that one position that is the difference between having full status on the tour or being, you know, one of those guys that's going to fill the field. Yeah, and I mean, we, we, you know, we had a lot of, you know, I played out on tour for, you know, close to 30 years and guys would always just be talk about stress this week's stress and Mm -hmm. um of course it's hard to jump with a lot of points right i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know what the point breakdown is but i think it's only offering about 100 points for maybe second or 50 for third so it all of a sudden becomes a reality that you are not going to advance up and there's only a few players are going to jump into the top one in 25 this week Mm -hmm. we are unfortunately for us we have a couple players if you can believe it diane jason duffner is outside of the 125 Although he's won majors and he's won events, he has plenty of status, but that's not where he wants to find himself outside of the 125. Let's have a look at this list, actually, because I was just checking to see how many of our guys are actually in the field for the Wyndham. And I'm looking at Jason Duffner at 136 on the FedEx Cup standings, and it's pretty much all everyone above him is playing, apart from Mark Leishman, who's 11th right now, and Ryan Palmer, who's 23rd. How many points represents 125th? So currently, 125th on the FedEx Cup standings, Alex Norrin, and he's got 363 points. Um, 126th is Austin Cook on 361 points. So only two within that, and that's obviously a really important line right now. Okay, Diane, let me let me do a little game with you here. Okay. If I'm in the <laughs> locker room this week, which I have been for half of my life, I'm going to tell you what, how many points it's going to take to get safe. I would like for you to move up to about 120th, 119th, mm-hmm. maybe 118th. Seven guys possibly could jump this week. So let's go to 118th. How many points is that? Yeah, Kelly Craft on 399 points. Okay, so let's call it 400 points. Yeah. Will be what, let's, everyone that's listening to this will, will probably agree with us. 400 points will probably be safe. That would be 118th currently. That would seven people could jump, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So now let's play a little game. Let's go back mm-hmm. and let's go to 150th. Okay. And let's see what's going to be what's what is the 150th because that gives that's a big thing because yeah. I tell you why if you finish in between the 125 and 150 Diane you're going to be in a position where you're going to be filling a lot of fields now you'll probably get 15 or 16 tour events next year or in 2020 in that category so that's very important so 150 points are 277 that's Scott Langley who's there right now and let's take the 142nd guy. That's we'll take the uh, corresponding seven spots. We're going to be moved at 125. Let's see what 142nd is right now. 305 points. All right. So 300. Let's call 305 points safe. Okay. All right. All right. Now, let's go back to our guys and let's see what we got to do and where they got to finish. And, and, and sort of get a feel for the pressure that these guys are under this week. Let's start at the bottom, Diane, and work our way for one of our players that has a shot uh, this week or, or to get into the... We've got players that are trying to get into the yeah. 150. We've got players that are trying to get into the 125. So look at, looking at our guys who are in the field for the Wyndham this week, Martin Pillar's an alternate right now, but one spot above him in the FedEx Cup standings is JJ Henry. He's at 2.06 and he's got 84 points. 
and we've already we've already uh, determined, Diane, from you, you and I doing our math equation this morning, that JJ has to have 305 points to get inside the top 50. Is that right? He yes, that's exactly so he's, right. He's got to finish first or second. You are way better at maths than I am. I am not the person to ever deal with numbers. <laughs> so really, anything you say, I'm going to agree with. And you, can, and you can give me the yay or nay. I'm just going to say yes. Our two magic numbers, right, are 305 and 400, right? Yes. So, so we'll just <laughs> let's just go in your head. Let's go with 300 and 400. Okay. Um, Moving up, Chase Wright, he's at 153 right now, so that's an important place, 265 points. Okay, so Chase Wright is very important. He's, been, uh, he's going to marry Fuzzy Zeller's daughter, Gretchen, uh, in the, at the end of the season, and he has had a terrific start to the year. He had the worst middle of the season, and now all of a sudden he started to play good. I think last week he finished 14th in Reno, so he needs to get... Diane, he needs to get over 305 points. So how many points does he need? Like 30 or 40? Well, so he's on, yeah, 265. So he's going to need 40 points. Okay, and so scroll down the list. Let's get him, get him. What's 50 points get him? What so position does he need to be to get to 50 points? If he is going to take 50 points from the Wyndham, he needs to finish 17th. That would give him 51 points. Okay, so in his mind, Diane, I'm, I'm trying to give you a... An idea. He's got to be a top 15 player. He did yes. it last week in yep. a field at Reno. So I'm thinking that he's feeling very confident. He texted me on his way and said, Elk, I've never felt better going to oh, an good. event than I'm going right now. Okay. He's been struggling with his putting. He's probably way up there in greens and reg and driving. He's just been hitting the ball magnificently. Mm-hmm. I think he had eight three putts last week at Reno to finish 14th. So He's got to finish in the top 15 to keep his status for next year. Very important, or or Chase goes back to the web. That's pressure. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Next up, and as you mentioned earlier on, it's a weird place for him to be, but Jason Duffner at 136, 327 points. So as we talked about the magic number for for him to be what he would like to find himself inside of the top 125 is 400. He also finds himself playing really well. And... The interesting thing about Jason is, so he he needs 100 points, right? Mm, Roughly? Yeah, yeah, Top yeah, five? Like, he would need, yeah, to get 100 points, you're finishing in sixth place. So, okay, so he he's got to be aiming he, for that. Yeah, he's thinking top five. So, and, and what does that mean? He's, <clears throat> he's going to play very aggressive this week. It's going to be all or nothing because realistically, Diane, if he finishes it, if he finishes eighth, it's the same as it does feeling-wise mm-hmm. if it finishes 100. So he's going yeah. to be shooting at everything. The interesting thing about Jason or the disappointing thing about him this year, Diane, is he made a double bogey in uh, Charlotte to finish his round, and he made another double bogey to finish another round. He cost himself approximately a million dollars with two strokes at the end of a tournament uh, this year. So he has been just devastated with final hole uh and and you know he might tell you you know that he was feeling it i don't know i haven't talked to him specifically about that but he is really sometimes on tour you can you know you can blow a hole and it doesn't cost you 500 grand like it cost him on twice so that hurts yeah he's had a couple of disaster finishes this year this whole part of the standings is really a lot for us. We're going to be on high stress all weekend. You know that because we have Bronson Burgoon at 133. He's on 343 points. Same as okay, Andrew so Landry. He, uh, hold on. So Bronson's at 343. Yeah. He had an injury this year and he had a baby. 
so he's had a big lot of stress. He finished fourth last week, had a tremendous last round. I think he had eight birdies last in the last round at Reno last week. I was texting mm-hmm. him after it was over. He's very happy. He, wants, he said, I need one more good week to get these points. So you just told me his number was 325 approximately. Is that where you're at? 343 points. 343. He needs roughly 60, 60 points. So what does he need this week, Diane, on the magic list of so 60 points? 60 points is 13th. So again, he needs to be looking he for needs top 10. Top 10. Yeah. He needs a top 10. So we've got Chase Wright needs a top 15. We need uh, Jason Dufton needs a top 5. And Bronson needs a top 10. Okay. So this is what they're going to be thinking about this week. Yeah. There'll be nothing else for them to think about. Let's go to the next one. So Andrew Landry, who's on the same number of points as Bronson, 343. So Landry is one space above him right now. So same for Landry. He's going to be looking for a top 10. Well, Andrew Landry, a couple of weeks back, Diane, at the John Deere Classic, led the tournament going into Sunday and got ran over by that young South African that won the tournament. And actually, he made a 30-foot putt on 18 or the 72nd hole in the John Deere to place him at 121. And that was only that was only three tournaments ago, Diane. So he is there is a lot of volatility at the end of the year when all these young players, all these guys that have been waiting to get their chance to make their move, they're all doing it. It happens every year. So I actually thought I filmed with my cell phone a picture of Andrew making that putt on 18 and sent it to him. And I'm like, yes, you know, 121 on the, on the FedEx. And, and he, he also had a little uh, thinking point that that might be enough, but it's not. So he also needs a top, Top 10. A top 10, yeah. Um, moving up, and this one, we were just talking about it in the office, actually. It's like it's only a surprise because of where he was at this time last year. But he had two wins last season. Patton, Kazire, 129 right now. Yeah, he. we thought, well, everyone thought that his number was way safe. And... Um, of course, we're going to move to Pat Perez, who's yeah. just ahead of him in a minute. But 129, how many points is that? 351. So he still needs 50, 50 yeah. points to yeah. be safe, safe? So really, as I said earlier, so 18th gives you 49 points. So to be safe, safe, he's going to be like top, top, top 15. 15. Yeah. Amazing. I know. Amazing. Of course... Uh, he's sitting on a two-year exemption from his winning in, in Cancun and Hawaii, so he's actually won't be included in that 125 because he is already exempt. Winners get a two-year exemption, so they essentially, in your mind, or any of our minds out on tour, they it would automatically go to 126 because Patton's already in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, You mentioned Pat Perez. He's 122 right now so he's within the line of the 125 but by no means is he safe how many points has he got 376 he's got to have like 420 yeah so he's gonna have to yeah get at least at least what 25 points to be in that how many points does he have 376 yeah what is it what do you get if you make the cut 1.5 how many one and a half points Oh, okay. So what's like uh, 30th, top 30? So if you finish 30th, you are getting 28 points. Okay. So Pat's got to make the cut and he's Mm -hmm. got to stay in the middle of the pack. So his mindset could be a little bit different, Diane. And that by mean he may play a little safer 
yeah. uh, during the week, you know, in the beginning, not like Duffner and these guys that are just all out, right, trying to hit at every pin. Pat may position himself uh, to make the cut, make sure he you know, plays very carefully the first two days because, look, let's face it, if Pat misses the cut, there's going to be five guys blow by him and he's going to find himself outside of 125. Yeah. So there's a lot of strategy in this volatility here at the end of the season with the FedEx Cup, and I want everyone to understand that everyone is doing something different. This is a very unusual week right here. Yeah, gosh. Um, next up on the list is Brian Harmon. He's at 106 right now. He's safe, so he's not even worth talking about because mm-hmm. he's safe, he's in, he's just enjoying himself. He's had a he, he went through a horrendous patch in the middle of the year, and then he's pulled himself out of it with a couple of two or three in a row, really good finishes. Mm-hmm. So he's good. But the thing for these guys is, and Russell's the same, he's at 101 right now, but they're now thinking, right, okay, cool, got to have a good week this week, a good week at the Northern Trust to get into the BMW and be in the top 70 the following week. Yeah, they're all thinking about getting, how, what does it take for them to get to 70? Yeah. And they have two weeks, right? They have this week, mm-hmm. they're safe, there's no stress on those guys. Um, and then next week, there's no, uh, next week, the first week of the FedEx, they gotta, they got to go for it to get to the top 70. So yeah. they're looking to work on their swings, they're trying to find form, they're trying to hold putts, they're just, they're in a completely different part of the locker room. They're over there mm-hmm. relaxed. Yeah. So as I said, Russell's at 101. Chris Stroud's at 92 right now. JT Poston at 83. Then Jason Kokrak, he's 45, which is a great number for him. But for him, he's going to be like, OK, wait a minute. I need to make sure that I'm in the top 30 to play Tour Championship and make it all the way to the end. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's trying to have a great week. Um, you know, th- some, sometimes, you know, I would go to an event, Diane, and, and I wasn't that serious about the event, and I would just go for brokes. Like, you know, I could take this week off, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to play with a different attitude. I'm just going to I'm going to hit at every pin. I'm going to hit a driver on all these holes, and just just break up the routine. Instead of doing this, I would tell my caddy to give me the driver and go on down there and four caddy because I don't want to hear anything. I'm just going to play this course a different way. And could be a week that Jason Kokrak could break out. You know, there's a lot of guys with a lot of stress. He doesn't have any, so hey. This could be a week for him to just, just, you know, bust out. Yeah. And then Ryan Palmer and Mark Leishman. Ryan's at 23. Leishman is at 11, as we said earlier. They're not playing this week because the mindset they have to be in is they're going to have three weeks on the trot for the FedEx Cup playoffs afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, that's, that, it's, it's very difficult, you know, this time of the year. And I think probably the most difficult thing for me to think about mentally would be that I had gone to the British, gone to the Open, come back, played the World's you know, Golf Championship mm-hmm. in Memphis, should have went, went to the Wyndham to pick up my cash for being in the top 10, <laughs> then have to play three events in a row, and then turn around and start the 2020 season, Diane. What a nightmare schedule. Wow, okay. There's so much to talk about right now, and it is going to be busy over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be up at Liberty National for the Northern Trust, the first playoff event, which I'm very excited about. And we've got lots of stuff coming up for that. But talk to me quickly about Greensboro, because we can't gloss over the fact that that's where you had your first PGA Tour win. So talk us through it. That was amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. It completely came out of the blue for me. I wasn't playing that good. The only thing I was doing good when I got to Greensboro, I was chipping really well. And I played in the Pro-Am on Wednesday, I recall this vividly, where I played so bad. I was uh, only been on tour a couple, three years, and uh, my group was like, hey, you know, good luck, Elk. I know you're, I know you're probably not going to 
do well, but hey, nice being with you. Anyway, um, I shot a 40 on my first nine holes on Friday, uh, Thursday morning, and I just literally was thinking about cutting across and making a flight so I could get out of there uh, Friday after my round. And I came back with a 34, shot 74, and then I shot a 71, made the cut. And I wasn't really in the tournament. Back then, we were playing at a different course, Diane. It was called Forest Oaks. And, and, a, and a good score at that tournament would be, you know, not even double digits. And um, very hilly, very undulating, a lot of rough, uh, firm greens, just a really great golf course. And um, found myself in a decent position going into Sunday. And I shot a, ooh, I think about a five under on the back nine. And I think, Diane, I'm the only player in the history of the tour <laughs> on the eight on the 72nd hole for me i drove it in the right rough i had a seven iron shot and i hit it and it landed 50 yards short ran up onto the green ran all the way back to the hole and finished up two inches from the cup wow and i as i tapped it in that was the only shot that the cbs that week got me on film as really? being a winner <laughs> Because the leaders wow. were back on about hole 14, and they were well ahead of me. Elkington goes in and posts six under, and they were, I think, at 10 at the okay. time, six holes back, and I won by two strokes. So they just collapsed, and everything, everything fell my way, and wow. I won my first tournament. The TV people must have been scrambling at the end because what do they do for your highlight reel? They have one shot, and it's a two-inch tap, tap, a, a two tap-in. <laughs> Mind you, oh. I didn't care. It uh, it got me exempt for the Masters. It used to be played yeah. before the Masters, so I got to go to a Masters in like a month later. Gosh! Um, so it was a it was a it was a big deal for me. That is so cool, awesome. Right, Elk, thank you so much. That was very interesting. I feel like you gave me a bit of a maths lesson too, which let's be honest, I definitely need. But oh, it's, there's we're nobody worse to... at math. I, I may be the only person. Uh, that's better than you at math because I'm, I'm at the bottom. <laughs> well, I mean, I wish that I was good at math in the way that I could count my money when it comes to my winnings on the SG Tour gaming app. But maybe it'll happen for the playoffs. It hasn't been that way so far. But the game is going to be back. We're going to be playing the SG Tour for the three FedEx Cup playoff events. We are indeed, Diane, and you, of course, will be up there with our seven of our tour stars up there gathering information that you'll be able to put out to give the gamers uh, helpful insights of what the course and what's, what's, you know, what these players are going to have to do to play well at Liberty National. You know, we had such a good fun um, playing at the Open Championship on SG Tour app. So many people came in. Our game was growing at like 500%, Diane, and it's just been people are learning about it and what they're liking the most is that it's 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 built by tour players. It's the same scoring as the tour. We have a cut. We have moving day games. We have closing day games. It's identical scoring as the tour, and people are just loving it. So if you haven't done so already, make sure you get in the App Store and you search for the SG Tour and download the app and you can get all set up, get your um, PayPal all set up, register your account and we'll be good to go the Monday of the Northern Trust. Elk, it's going to be, um, we're going to have to have this conversation again next week, of course, after the Wyndham Championship and then the 125 will be locked in in the FedEx Cup standings to go and play at Liberty National. Well, they certainly will. There'll be some beers and there'll be some tears come Sunday night in the locker room at uh, Greensboro next week. 
I should definitely get that printed on a t-shirt for the Wyndham Championship. My gosh, so much to play for this week. And as we were talking about, you know, we do have a big chunk of the Secret Golf team that are round about that bubble. So there's going to be a lot of stress and well, a lot of excitement too. So we'll be following along on our Secret Golf social media on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. But thank you very much for listening to the podcast. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, or on any other podcast app. As I said, stay tuned to our social media over the week for the exciting Wyndham Championship in Greensboro. And well, I'm actually going to be at Liberty National next week for the Northern Trust. So we will be diving deep into those numbers. Sports Social Podcast Network.